0: drive all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com/songs of There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com/songs of to help us continue to make high-quality and tori entertainment for you.
1: From what I understand, matter never dies. It keeps reforming itself. You don't get rid of it. Well, I think that that's very similar to the soul that you don't get rid of it it just keeps expressing itself in a different form whatever those forms are but i think whether you like it or not you're stuck with your soul and if you kind of you know think it stinks and it smells then you're probably bumming that you've got to be with it for the next trillion, gillion,
0: however years, that it just doesn't go away. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts. I'm French Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on today's episode, we're talking about Way Down, Worry Down, From Tori's third album, Boys for Pele.
2: Maybe I'm the afterglow
1: Cause I'm with a
2: band, you know don't you hear the laughter on the way down? Yes, I am the anchor man, dining here with son of Sam. I hear too much to chat of on the way down.
0: Oh, it's been so long. I
3: know. How are you? I'm okay. I feel like with the last episode, this podcast
0: was turned on its axis. On its axis. Act- On its what? On its axis. Oh, okay. Axis. I didn't hear you the first time. And the
3: way we talk about Tori songs will never be the
0: same again. (laughs) (laughs) The way I look at men, the way I look at yourself. What have you done to yourself? I've become stronger. Have you? I've gone to the underworld. Good for you. To get my talisman. Well. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. I'm so happy David's here. I'm so happy to be doing Way Down. Me too, but I also feel a little guilty. We
3: we promised that we would be putting out episodes bi-weekly, and we said we were on a regular schedule, and That's we had true. our stuff together, but yeah. you know what? Sometimes things happen. Sometimes you promise a remastered Choir Girl, <laughs> and it just doesn't work out. <laughs> it just doesn't so. work out for whatever reason. God knows what the reason but is. But we really did have the best of intentions, and we hope
0: everyone... Is still with us. And this time we mean it, right? We no, mean okay. it. Okay, I, David's giving me the look like, explain yourself to the people. And I'm going to do that right now. I had two jobs, two 40-hour-a-week jobs. I got one job right after tour. Fine. It was a nothing job. It was like a, just a whatever job. But it allowed me to work at night. And I thought, oh, this will be perfect. I can edit the podcast or whatever at night. Then the entire time I had that job, you know, after tour, I was in the running for this other job that I really, really wanted that I eventually got. I got that job and I love that job. They love me. It's my, it's my home. I love this job, but I didn't want to like turn my back on this other job because I felt like, you know, they did me a solid and I can, I can make both jobs work because one job's at night, one job's during the day. I can make it work two, eight hour (laughs) a day jobs. I'll sleep in between for four hours, which is how much I sleep anyway, and it'll be fine. And it was fine for several months. But something I had to give, and I was like, why am I doing, why am I putting myself through all of this? I want to be working on the podcast. I want to be getting through this catalog of Tori Amos songs, because when the next tour happens, I don't want to still be on Boys for Pele. I know, right? So that's my explanation. I'm sorry sometimes life happens. I had to move. I had to make some money. And so I kept both jobs for several months. But now that's over. And coincidentally, I started a new job around the same time
3: as you did. And it's kind of like what they say about all you need to get a date is another date. You could have a long dry spell going and then everything happens at once. And we Mm -hmm. both kind of came into this like, oh, the podcast will be... A great, a great creative outlet for us, and we both have a lot of time to focus on it, right. and then we immediately both got jobs right. that took us away from what right. we would rather be doing.
0: And But here we are now, and David's committed to coming over at least once a week, and I'm committed to putting out an episode at least once a week. So the way I think it's going to work is we'll do the, the same two episodes that we want to do every month um the two main episodes and then we'll do a tour all year which i still love doing that because this one this month we have Danica. we're talking to Danica, who's a very good friend of ours um so we have that coming and then we'll do an episode of drive all night plus for the subscribers do you want to talk a little bit about what we've been offering the subscribers recently sure we've been offering them dirty filthy stories on drive all night after dark Oh, my God. If you really want to get to know us in a TMI kind of way. We've moved a lot of our personal banter over to Drive All Night Plus After
3: Dark. So right. when you're sick of hearing about Tori and you want to hear <laughs> want more to, about whatever else, right. Yeah, then consider
0: subscribing. Consider subscribing. Already. Drive All Night After Dark was something that we talked about on the road, um, kind of as Mostly a joke. Mostly in the context of Maria's vagina. Yeah, badge vag right? with, vag with Madge. We still got to do a full episode with Maria Carullo, available on our Patreon private feed. What else we want? I want to talk about our Patreon subscribers. Those of you who have stuck with us, thank you for that. Like this has been a really difficult time for the podcast because of the jobs we just talked about, um, and so we really appreciate those of you who have stuck with us at any dollar amount. Those of you who have just stuck with us uh, on social media too. We appreciate that more than you know. We're gonna rebuild this empire. Well, hopefully it hasn't crumbled. Well, hasn't crumbled too much. I know. I'm so dramatic. Um, I'm so dramatic. I support that.
3: We're running a Tori Amos
0: podcast. Okay, fair. Fair. I How mean, could she you is be, high drama. do that and
3: not be dramatic,
0: right? Did you see that picture of her from the light princess? Uh, no, I didn't know. You Did didn't she actually attended? She attended you didn't see all those pictures I at the mean green. I it's all David, unraveled since we've taken this a little hiatus from the podcast. You're right. David, <laughs> tell um, me. There's this one I mean she's She's comes out gorgeous looking with gray roots. Really? Yeah, oh, We got to pull this up right now. Oh my God. She was rocking the gray at the temples. I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm so like, yes, like let's, let's be real. Let's get realistic. I loved it. Do you think she'll ever just let it go? Yeah. All the way. Yeah. Like next I never used to, her, to think she's going to come out with her hair, not dyed. I never used to think so, but now I'm like, girl's rocking it. She's looking good. She had a cute little jean jacket on. her, She had broken her ankle. Uh, did you I know did that? read something about yeah. that because she was dancing, dancing with, with a leprechaun under the moonlight. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that to be true. No. But yeah, she had an ankle boot on. She had this like jean, cute little jean outfit, cute little flat uh, sneakers. They were cute. It was she was cute.
3: Do you think it was the same ankle that she broke during the the boys for Pele photo no. shoot?
0: that was the left ankle, right? I don't know. Yeah, because there's a picture of her on the crutches. Okay, I think she's an. I think it's her left foot. All right, this was the right.
3: Now she's got two bum ankles. Oh God, I've got a trick ankle myself, so I feel that one girl.
0: You have a you yeah. have a trick ankle? I too. I it's not doing it. any tricks right now. I will just wait. <laughs> Slow playing it. So that happened, but I do want to say thank you to all our Patreon supporters, and I want to go back into the vault to our very first. Patreon supporters. Do you want to know who our very first two Patreon supporters were? I do. And are they still subscribers? They are still Patreon supporters. Amazing. They are two very strong women. The very first Patreon subscriber we ever had was Miss Joy Nash, a close personal friend of mine who is the lead in AMC's new show, Dietland. She plays Plum Kettle. If you're not watching Dietland, you're crazy. It's so good. But she was our very first Patreon supporter. And our very second Patreon supporter, Miss Dorothy Dotson. I can't say I'm surprised, but it still means a lot. Yeah. (laughs) She was always, she's always been in our corner.
3: We love you, Dor. And Joy. Love you, Joy. Love you, Dorothy.
0: <laughs> we actually have a new researcher on our team, mm. Rachel Schult, mm-hmm. who is fantastic. She crushing re- it, Crushing it. Rachel. She researched this entire episode mm-hmm. way down. We are looking for one more researcher so as not to burn Rachel out so that you guys can work in tandem. So if you are interested in putting our show notes together, why don't you email us at songswithtorniamest And we're looking for one more researcher, maybe two more, who knows, um, because we'd like to move much faster. We'd like to get out two regular Drive All Night episodes a month, every other week, like we promised, plus our Drive All Night Plus, plus our tour all year. That's what our goal is to get back to. And we can do it with two new researchers. We could probably do it. Yeah. What else do we need to get this done? We need a stylist. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But not someone who judges our breakups. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Way Down is a song by Tori Amos. It's the 10th track on voice for Pele. Actually, the 11th, if you count Beauty Queen and Horses, it's two different. But, uh, Which that, we don't. That, yeah, it's too complicated. Yeah,
3: we don't. And I can't believe because we said Tori's third album during the opening, I can't believe we're still on the third album. Well, I can't either. We have so me, much right? more to do. This is why we gotta get serious. Okay. Uh, what was the first time you heard Way Down? Uh, the first time I heard Way Down must have been when I, you know, on release day. And what I was a dumb
0: question. Listening
3: to the album. For the, You always ask it, though. I do. It was a yeah. dumb question. Obviously, I know the first It's time I not... It's not dumb when there's an interesting answer, like That's Muhammad true. on yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: MTV News or yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. This one was dumb. But, yeah. I'll get back into the swing of things, guys. I'll All be right. a hard-hitting news journalist once again. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you? Well, I first heard it when the album was released. Uh-huh. And I was listening to the album for the first time. And actually, this was my way in. Ooh, way down. Mm. This was my way into the album. This was the first song I really, really connected with. And I even requested it. Yes, I did. And when I requested it on tour in 2001... <gasps> There were gasps throughout the meet and greet crowd. Dor, Danica, Lisa B, all looked at me, turned to me. <gasps> what did he say? And I said, "I request a way down." And they're like, "That's Christ's song." And I said, "In oh, a decades-long I, feud, I had no idea who Christ was, except for our Lord and Savior, obviously." Right. Um, but no, some like girl. This is his was, jam. I know. Interesting choice, but all I right. know, right? And that's what Tori said when I asked her. She said, "Interesting choice," and she wrote it on her hand. Uh. But anyway. I was like, who's this Christ? I don't know her. And so, you're right. Decade-long feud began between me and Christina Sebez, who we have on this episode. So the wound has been healed. We'll find out. We'll find out why, she, why this is her jam. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, let's get started. All right. Let's get our groove back. Let's get our groove back. We can do this. We can do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Is it going to be the same as it was? We're different. different I still people. see the light in your eyes, though, David. <laughs> Come back. It's like waking the witch. Here's a little remix cover by Accelerate Granules. You'll be able to find a link to this on our show notes page, songsoftoriamis.com.
4: being in whatever place you're in has to affect your writing has to affect your performance in a different way
1: geographically i hone in on a place sort of like a buzzard you just kind of um your sonar starts getting your beak down oh there's a rabbit and you know that that's where you just have to go and ireland held a Kind of a spice that reminded me of the South in America. And smells and tastes and flashbacks of North Carolina was coming to me, 1968, North Carolina, as I was writing this record. Huh. And I didn't know why. I didn't understand the parallel because usually things are related in some way, but I don't always know why I'm getting such a flash of something.
0: That was a little bit from World Cafe 1996, thanks to Lisa Ridlon, who just ripped that into digital format from a cassette tape. Thanks, Lisa. How do you feel about going way down, David? I mean, I guess I'm ready. How much further down can we go? We've been down in the muck. No kidding. Isn't that the truth? Just when you think you've hit rock bottom, a trap door opens and things get worse. Tori says about Hey Jupiter leading into Way Down from B-Side Magazine in May, June 1996, she says... That is the point where she knows it's over with this particular relationship or ships, and it's not ever going to be what it was again. It is never going back. That's where the whole record turns on its axis. As soon as she knows that, then you do the whole way down thing, go further into the place of the South, the place of the hidden. I'm really glad you started with that quote because I wanted to start there too
3: and talk about it not only in the context of way down, but the rest of the album going Mm -hmm. forward when we hit the rest of these songs. So I kind of want to remember that quote when we get to the other songs and try to use that to contextualize the rest of the journey here, because I feel like for me, The narrative of the album has always gotten a little murky here. Really? Especially when she talks about the South and what that represents, which I get, I guess. But continuing to explore the hidden, it's like, how much more of the hidden are we exposing here that's left to be uncovered after we've done Widow and and all of that? Well,
0: you've just cracked the shell. You've really just, at Hey Jupiter, gotten to know yourself the beginning stages like what you will be you know what lengths you would go to i think well that's what i'm hoping that we'll be talking about because again this
3: the show always gives me an opportunity to think about and talk about the album in a way that i haven't necessarily right. before so i want to keep all that in mind as we go through these songs from here on out thinking about the record and her life her relationships i guess too being turned on their access and also how she really emphasizes that we're continuing to go down into
0: The The hidden. Right, the hidden and the South. Dallas Morning News. On June 14th, 1996, Tori said, I separated from a soulmate, and for the first time I started to look at my beliefs about men, women, equality, honor, disrespect, passion, sensuality, all these things. As I wrote the songs for Boys for Pele, I started valuing myself through my own eyes, instead of valuing me through the eyes of others, like the press or a lover or whatever. I've been there. What's it like on the other side? Uh, um,
3: I hope to think that I'm on the other side. Are you glad that you're not deriving value from the press anymore?
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I that still... That was really holding you back. No, I still I still care about what the public thinks. Well... Our listeners are very important to me. No, I mean, like, you know, getting your self-worth from your relationship. Yes. Yeah, like, if I'm not in a relationship, if I'm not, like, I'm not worthy of being loved because no one likes me, or... No one's grinding me, or no one's scruffing me, or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm I think that's forwarding. what Tori was really saying. Here. That's really what she was saying. Yeah, like she's having a hard time on Tinder. Everyone's swiping left.
3: <laughs> From Diva Magazine, mm. February March '96, Tori says, "I realized I'd suppressed a lot of sides to myself to be loved and understood by men. I didn't want to play seductive little girl or ballbuster anymore."
0: I love those roles.
3: What's your favorite ballbuster? Seductive little girl. Oh. With this record, I played all those roles until I got to my heart. To find your fire as man or woman, you have to take your torch and go to the shadows. Interesting that Tori is talking about playing all these roles in the context of Boys for Pele, and then a
0: few albums later is when she actually started playing roles. Oh, interesting. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) No, I find a lot of value to that quote. To find your fire as man or woman, you have to take your torch and go to the shadows. So you're in the shadows, you're in the darkness. You're not going to be able to see in the shadows. You have to take your torch. You have to utilize your fire to find your fire. Like, don't, like, fake it till you make it. Like, you got take your torch and go into the shadows. Interesting that you're emphasizing the fire, and I was going to emphasize the shadows Oh, okay.
3: in this quote. Tell me. No, I'm just, on the journey of self-actualization, you have to be willing to go into the shadows and the dark, deep places to really look at yourself or the things that you're, Afraid capable of, and, of... Not, and not everyone is willing or able to do that, yeah. I guess. What's so.
0: something you've learned about yourself in the deep, dark shadows? Well, I'll try to answer that
3: question in the context of relationships anyway, since okay. that's what we're talking about. Okay. I don't feel like I ever got to such a disempowered place, really, that my self-worth was dependent on a relationship or really what other people thought of me. And in, in some ways, I feel like conversations like this... And being aware of that trap, maybe um, because of this album, even or Tori, maybe I was a little bit more aware of that than I might have otherwise been. Maybe that's not true. But what I have found is that um, being in a relationship, healthy and happy, ideally, um, doesn't solve all your problems, that's even true. if you think it will. Yeah. Like, my life and that's true. that's true of anything right no that's not what I'm saying but true of anything if you ever think like this will whatever it is it will solve all of my problems or I'll be perfect and happy when this thing happens or I get this
0: thing that's never really true that's never like with anything like you're carrying your problems with you if you don't solve your problems is what I think you're saying know thyself
3: exactly right I guess know thyself and finding your sense of purpose in your life Mm. if anything mm. is the key, it's probably that, I think, whatever that is. And by that, I don't mean your job or your livelihood. Wait. Maybe if you know what your purpose is and you manage to make a living doing it, that's yeah. pretty great. But What do you think about Way Down, the song? Do you like it? I gave it a B. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the song, even though I don't have a, a deep personal attachment to it. I think it's really beautiful.
0: How about you? I love it. I love it. I still listen to it a lot. Um, I go to the CD just to listen to that. Like I'll go to Spotify or whatever, and I just like listen to that song a couple times on repeat. I love Way Down, album version or extended, extended always, mm. extended always. So there is a gospel choir on here. It's very southern. I don't know. There's something very southern about it, and she did grow up a little in the south, so she seems to know that there's sort of a a repressed or a hidden quality to that area of the country southern united states i know we're not there yet so i'm not going to skip
3: ahead but i feel like little amsterdam is kind of the only song on the second half of the album that i feel like fits with that description mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i'm eager to talk about that when we get there but first okay. wait you mean
0: with the idea of the
3: hidden and the south okay and bringing in um musical elements that actually sound like southern music and, oh i hear what you're saying yeah.
0: I do feel like Way Down approaches that a little bit with the choir, especially in the extended version, which is on a Tales of a Librarian, the gem that we got, the surprise that we got when the song was about 35, 40 seconds longer and there was an extended choir section at the end, which is just, to me, it was mind shattering. Like I, like I said earlier, this is the song that got me into the album. This is my way into the album. I really loved this song. And so when I heard that extra bit of the choir... You're looking at me. I think you have something to say about that bit of the choir. But when I heard that bit on Librarian, I was floored. I loved it. I loved it. It was even more dark. It was even, uh, it was more of a journey. I don't know. I liked it a lot.
3: What did you like about this song when you initially heard it? And why do you think this was an access point? I loved you? that
0: she was able to, in an album that had so many musicians And everything was so textured, everything throughout Boys for Pele. And then here we go with Way Down, where it's just, it's so sparse. And it's just her voice and the voices of these choir angels singing also. Um, Even though there is piano, obviously, but it was so naked. And I loved that for a minute, we were able to get what I felt was a naked, raw, honest Not that the other stuff wasn't honest, but a naked, raw honest Tori Amos in a way that we'd never heard her before. You know, when had she sung with a choir up to that point? And I thought it was a beautiful blending of the voices.
3: I totally agree. And I love I love the way you articulated that, particularly um, the way she showed such restraint on this album. I do think that gospel choir is such a striking moment that it would have been easy to go back to that well or use them on other tracks or just overdo it but it's like just the right amount for maximum impact and then those voices do not show up again i think that's true of the album period in a lot of ways including the brass yeah it's there on zebra it's there on damage but those are the only appearances it makes it's really impactful and it's just peppered here so it's one, one of the things that makes this album very special right and unique for sure and I think she really managed to practice that restraint across the whole album. I remember, again, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. One of the positive reviews of Boys for Paley, it might have been Q, mentions the take it high moment mm-hmm. of putting the damage on and how that was such kind of a soaring musical moment that it would have been easy for her to keep going back to it or really milk it, and she doesn't. She kind of leaves you wanting more, and I think yeah. that was so well said.
0: Yeah, she, was she as a producer on this record, as a producer, she was very skilled, I was going to say. And I feel like she had a lot burning in her to say as a mm-hmm. producer and a lot she wanted to try. And her e- ear was in really good shape.
3: Well, Eve and I have had a couple of conversations about this song off air. And I said a couple of things that really triggered him. And I was surprised by his response. So I'm going to try not to <laughs> repeat in those In my things. home. uh. Do you want to repeat them? I said something about trying to wrap my head around the way Tori describes this the album being turned on its access at this point. And I made reference to kind of this Alice in Wonderland cast of characters or this narrative as kind of an Alice in Wonderland-like story. And you really bristled at that. And you were like, I don't see Boys for Paley as like an Alice in Wonderland-type story. I still don't. I'm not saying I necessarily do either but i mean i don't contextualize this whole album as a as a alice in wonderland type narrative
0: i mean i get what you're saying though like she goes down the rabbit hole she goes into the right unknown yes i'm just trying to i was trying down. to get to
3: like how how is this the point where something else opens up and we continue to go deeper and it seems like it gets kind of even
0: more hallucinogenic Maybe. well no i think clear that's where i think you're where maybe we're confused with each other because when she says it turns on its axis, you're crawling, you're, you're broken, and you've got to figure out a way to put yourself back together. You go into the hidden, you get to know yourself a little bit more. I, I think she spends the rest of the album on a journey towards healing so that by the end, I don't want to spoiler alert, on Twinkle, You know, I, I, I wouldn't say she's healed, but I do think she's owned up to her part in everything by the end and there's very critical lines in twinkle that we'll explore when we get there that i think exemplify that or show that and i think this is where what she means when it turns on its access not that it's getting more hallucinogenic or more crazy she's already gotten crazy i think now it's we've been handed the mirror and now we have to look at ourselves I'm, that's what i mean that's I, what think I think that is
3: very well said and i'm very comfortable with that
5: oh.
0: so
3: thank you <laughs>
0: you look comfortable you look very comfortable
5: i am
3: feeling breezy
0: you want to hit us with a quote david
3: Sure, let's go to the liner notes from the deluxe reissue of Boys for Pele.
0: Oh, I can't wait for the deluxe reissue of From the Choir Girl Hotel. Keep waiting. Ugh.
3: Um, but for boys for Pele Tori says of way down. I always loved the myth about Persephone and Hades. You always, <laughs> I'm flashing back to the commentary from Fade to Red, where I was always fascinated by the beheading of Van Boleyn <laughs> I think it's the start of Crucify. Like I was no always fascinated. Beheading
0: of Van Boleyn, Boleyn. <laughs> Who was it, girl? Shoot. Okay,
3: go ahead. Sorry, I didn't identify with Demeter. Demeter in her position until I started on the mother path there's a lot of the underworld in pele traveling to the underworld to find something of yourself so i guess that's what i was trying to say with the alice in wonderland thing is the underworld which we've already talked about or we're already there i guess but she brings up the underworld again in the context of way down so it must be particularly
0: relevant to this song um from fanzine french tv show in march 96 tori said about louisiana What came in? What
5: came in?
1: The gospel music, uh, the West Indies, the spices, the sugar cane, the sweet potatoes. All this made up this and the incredible repression, but also the incredible heat.
0: She doesn't say honeysuckle, huh? She doesn't say (laughs) honeysuckle, David.
3: Something else I kept saying when Eve and I were talking about this song was Something about honeysuckle and being able to smell the honeysuckle in the South. And where where was I pulling that from when Tori's talking about writing the album and wanting to sort of evoke the South, but having an easier time getting there being in the UK? And
0: does she take like a, a breath to the side? Probably. Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. Heat.
3: Anyway, I found Potatoes. myself unable to stop saying honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. It was really...
0: He's driving me Pussy Willows. <laughs> <laughs> really offended by it for some reason. Give us another quote. Let's talk about Tori finishing the album in Louisiana. Because without Louisiana, we wouldn't have gotten these delicious gospel singers.
3: Or probably the rookery ending of Voodoo. Oh, yeah. And the rookery. Back to Spin Magazine from March 96. Tori's speaking about finishing up the album in Louisiana and says, At first I was going to record everything in the South. Everything. Can't get enough of the South. There's a hiddenness about the South, and I wanted to go back there because it was similar to how I felt in my relationships with men. Tori continues, Things smell so delicious coming from that oven, the lazy summer days, and the grasshoppers, and the honeysuckle, and the magnolia, the rhododendrons, the rhododendrons, (laughs) Demeter. You're such a classy dame, David. Sorry. You don't want to see how cruel people are being to each other. It's much more harsh because they're in the Impressionist painting. So everything is muted, even though it's shockingly out of order. It's very much like the relationships. Everything looks as if there's
0: this beauty, and then we would be doing things to each other that were far from beautiful. And then in the Seattle Post-Intelligencer in July 1996, July 12th, she says, I figured if if I was going to claim my womanhood, my passion, and sing this record, which for me was claiming fragments that I had suppressed for a long time, then I was going to go back to the church, back to the old world to do it. So that's when she... You know, she was going to originally record in the South, then she decided to go claim her womanhood. It wasn't just about the men in her life, but also, and more importantly, about her, about piecing herself together. Mm. Because it was not, the men weren't the problem, she was the problem. And that's how I see that choice. And she had to go back to church, Mm -hmm. claim that. Um, You want to talk about CNN Online, February 1st, 1996? Tori says about Boys for Pele. She says, this is the dark side of my heart, the hidden side, you know, the little pearl that sort of got pushed away because she wasn't as shiny as the white one or the black one. Not every girl is a pearl. Not every girl is a pearl. Oyster's the song, spoiler alert, for the future. When we get to it, I love that song. It makes me feel okay with getting older. Mm. Yeah. More so than White Telephone to God. Shut up, David. (laughs) Yes, more so than White Telephone to God. Just checking. Um, Way Down is the interlude for the third chapter in the story, leading into Little Amsterdam, continuing with Tallulah and rounding out with Not the Red Baron. And it also shows up, as we said, on Tales of a Librarian,
3: which is a very strange choice for a kind of greatest hits album,
0: right? Oh, yeah. And it's the only track from this beautiful album, Boys for Pele. Right. Because we're not counting Professional Widow. We're not counting the remix. Yes. I mean, I, we should count the remix, but we're not. It's the only track from Boys for Pele as it appears on Boys for Pele to appear on Tales of a Librarian, right? Yeah. And zebra and damage play over like a, a slideshow,
3: right, right? Right.
0: And it's listed there as a study in psychology, focus on subconscious and altered state. Again, I think that's where I was going with the altered state and the
3: subconscious. The honeysuckle. I was thinking more along the lines of the rhododendrons. Oh, but I, think that I just want to say rhododendrons again. <laughs> rhododendrons. Should we get into the lyrics? I think we should. Okay, let's do I it. think that'll help us untie this knot.
4: Your l- lyrics from album to album have gotten, I, and you can't deny it in this one. I've uh, gotten more abstract, more diffuse, more um, surreal is a word I want to use for some reason. And I'm wondering, as they get that way, a little bit harder for us on the outside to understand. Have they gotten e- easier for you to understand in a way?
1: I think this is so easy to understand. Do you
4: really? Interesting.
1: I and don't take this wrong. Yeah. But women come up to me for the most part, you know, for the most part. Um, and they'll just say, I bled, I crawled, you understood. Because it's a very metaphorical work about a woman crawling, descending to find her hidden pieces.
2: Maybe I'm the afterglow.
0: What is an afterglow, David?
3: Well, there's a sexual afterglow, I guess, in a Sarah McLaughlin album titled Afterglow.
0: I don't think that's what she's... No? Okay. No, I don't think that's what she means here.
3: I just think about, in the context of this song and that lyric, kind of the bittersweet moment of grief, I'll say, when you know a relationship is over and you're alone. And there's that sense of melancholy, but you also look back fondly on what you had with that person. That's to me, is sort of the sunset of the relationship and the afterglow.
0: Okay. So the actual definition of afterglow is the light or radiance remaining in the sky after the sun has set. So I've always looked at it. I've never thought of the sexual undertones, but I'm loving that you said that um, because that does bring a fondness to what was or a longing for what was almost, Mm -hmm. which I like. And I do think the song supports. I've always looked at afterglow as like the fading light. And I've always looked at it as in a negative context. Maybe I'm the afterglow. Maybe I'm faded and Sputtering bound. out Yeah kind of? Yeah like maybe I am the sun setting mm. It never occurred to me that there was Of course there's a sexual afterglow The the light remaining in the sky
3: After the sun has set Or is setting I guess it also sort of Sets us up for continuing to delve Into the darkness and the shadows Like this is sort of A sunset moment Of the album mm-hmm. Where now we're even more In the, the dark night of the soul maybe I don't know mm-hmm.
1: Cause I'm with a bad.
3: And with the band, you know, I'm only worth something, living for something when I'm playing music. Right. And not only that, but when she talks about the point she was at when this relationship fell apart on the Under the Pink tour, happened to be when she was playing every night and she says she was only alive or she only knew who she was as a musician. And then when she walked off, she was nothing. So that's kind of like
0: another way of saying the same thing. Don't
2: you hear the laughter
0: on the way down? Uh, I don't want to say the song is about Why Can't Tori Read. That's going too far. But I want to say that if Tori is crawling on her knees and writing a song about being at her lowest point, from what we know of her and from what we know of her history, her memories of her lowest point go back to when she's called a bimbo in Billboard magazine, or so Mm -hmm. she thinks, and is laughed out of the restaurant and people who were her friends suddenly don't know her and you know she's nobody and that is part of her you know part of her memories and Mm -hmm. part of her slip into nothingness as she tells it so if she's writing a song about slipping into nothingness it doesn't seem unfair to think that that these memories would be accessed so when you know don't you hear the laughter on the way down she talks about people laughing at her you know, walking into people looking at her snakeskin boots or whatever and just thinking she was a joke. And so this, I think, even though it's not about that, I think that a lot of that is pulled from that experience. You think Don't You Hear the
3: Laughter on the Way Down is a reference to kind of the snickering from the industry about the
0: failure of Why Can't Tori Read? Maybe. I think that that's the actual memory. And I think that it's poetically reimagined as just the laughter of Anyone, whatever your way down is or wherever you're slipping, there's always someone there mocking you or laughing you. And that's how you know you're going down. Mm. It's not necessarily, I think, about that specific laughter. But I think that that experience has a lot to do with feeling like shit. Is people looking at you like a joke has a lot to do with slipping into your lowest point. That's interesting because I've never listened to those lyrics and thought
3: about sort of mocking laughter. I've always thought of it in the context of continuing to be called into the dark places and just hearing sort of like disembodied, the laughter of disembodied entities sort of coaxing her into this place. And also the strength that it takes to go to those places and how you have to maintain a sense of humor about yourself, which Tori did. I think, and I've said that before, particularly about this era, that the subject matter was so dark and she was really going to the deep places, but she would also maintain a sense of humor about the whole thing and herself at certain points. So to me, that sort of encompasses all of that. I never just heard heard it as a reference to people who are laughing at her for whatever reason, whether it be the failure of an album
0: or right. whatever it was. I never looked at it as like an enticing thing is what I'm getting from you. It never seemed to me like, oh, the laughter's coming from... The underworld that you're like going towards that's how yeah that's just always how i've wow. heard it wow wow like night and day david <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes i am the anchorman dining here with son of Sam.
0: the dictionary defines anchorman as the central or most dependable contributor to something what is the anchorman yes i am the anchorman i think that's very interesting and again whenever i've heard that lyric
3: i never thought of it in that context or even as like a tv anchor man, it was always a very nautical reference to me again that's something maybe i like glommed onto when i was 17 and just never reassessed it or let it go or i think maybe some of that was also being colored by a sailor a tailor mm-hmm. and horses yeah to me it's kind of like another another masculine reference right. and we're on this voyage um but i think that Definition that you just read, coupled with the idea of more of a a TV news anchorman, I guess, makes more sense.
0: Um, Well, I never thought of it as a TV news anchorman, mm -hmm. either. I always thought of it as the person who is holding it together uh, in context with dining here with a serial killer, dining here with a monster, while dining with a monster. Yes, I am the anchorman Mm -hmm. dining here with Son of Sam. I mean, I guess the
3: TV news anchorman would be a more simplistic read, but it would make sense for an anchor man to be dining with slash interviewing right. a serial killer.
0: And it's funny cause it, you're right, but it never occurred to me like that title or that job, but it is, they do embody two very separate characteristics. Like mm-hmm. the son of son of Sam, the serial killer, the, the monster, obviously son of Sam was a serial killer. Uh, David Berkowitz uh, was an American serial killer responsible for shootings in New York city. Summer of 1976, and then he claimed that a d- demon disguised as the dog owned by his neighbor ordered him to kill, which then he eventually debunked and said that that was a lie. But Son of Sam being a monster, the anchorman keeping it together. But I always thought she was dining with herself, that these were two separate sides of one person. She's looking into a mirror. She's singing to herself. Like she's finding those fragments, if you will. And one of them is an anchorman keeping it together. And one of them is the monster who will destroy anything it touches. And they're in the same person. Why son of Sam, do you think? Because it rhymes. Possibly. Yeah.
3: But I love the idea that she's referring to son of Sam or even herself, maybe, as son of Sam. Because son of Sam tried to shift blame for what he did by saying mm. that essentially the dog right, told him to right. do it. Or whatever it was. Um, that coupled with an anchorman being the central most dependable contributor to something. It's almost like Tori beginning to acknowledge that she played a role in this relationship ending, or at the trajectory of her prior relationships, and and how the way she viewed herself had played into into all of that, and that she's finally taking responsibility for the part that she played and not being a victim or just blaming someone else.
0: I hear too much to chat of on the way down. There's a lot to unpack here in my reading of it. Yes, I am the anchorman, and yes, I am son of Sam, and here we are. I'm finally seeing that the two are two different sides of the same coin, but can't talk about it now because we're sliding down. (laughs) A hair too much to chat of. We don't got the time. That's how I see it. What about you, David?
3: Again, I feel like that's sort of priming us for the second half of the album. And she's sort of cheekily saying there's like, there's way too much to talk about here that we're about to dive into. Are you ready for this? Not like, I don't have time for that, but we're about to really continue oh, to, yeah. to dive deep here. I like, guess
0: that's how I see it, too. Like, okay. I'll get back to it. Like, yeah. yeah. I hear too much to chat about right now, but I'll get back to it. Okay. Okay. Good work, David. <laughs> he
2: gonna a great to drive his great big
0: She was really affected by whatever happened between her and whatever. And Inanna or whoever. Inanna or whoever. <laughs> Inanna or whoever whatever that musician was that hurt her. I think that this is a reference to him, again, going to meet a great big star and going to drive his great big car. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a sexual reference. Yeah.
3: Right? What makes you say that? Was it the subtle way she would sometimes run her v fingers up and down the mic? <laughs> uh, like that? <laughs> uh-huh.
0: That's the one. I just did it. I'm uh-huh. sorry. <laughs> sorry to disgust you. <laughs> no, I mean, it goes back to had a nice big fat cigar. Great big car. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, Eve. Sometimes a car is just a way to get something. (laughs) Sometimes a car is just a (laughs) you-go. So in context with the whole verse, going to have it all here on the way down, you could be going into the abyss and you even know you're spiraling towards towards self-destruction or a path that is probably not the best for you. And I have personal experience with that, but it still feels good and you feel like you... You could be making terrible, terrible choices, but if that rock star's giving it to you good, even if it's the worst thing you could choose for yourself, in the moment it feels like you have it all. I think
3: she's also kind of acknowledging that she'd allowed herself to be seduced by fame, Mm -hmm. not only her Mm -hmm. own fame and ego, but that she was attracted to men who had achieved a certain amount of celebrity. And again, that she was deriving some sense of worth by being in a relationship with them or having their attention or... Or whatever that was. And I also hear, you know, a Beatles reference here, which has to be to Baby You Can Drive My Car. Yes, I'm gonna be a star.
5: Baby
2: you can drive my car. Yes, I'm gonna be a star.
3: Yeah. She's essentially just reciting those lyrics here and inverting them. But gonna
2: have it all here.
0: Gonna have it all here. The rock star, the car. And then it's also like going to have it all here on the way down. Like that's what the devil promises you. Like everything you could ever possibly want. Since mm-hmm. the flesh, things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Never works out. That's very Southern too. Like devil went down to Georgia. Yeah.
2: The way down, the way down.
0: I look at these repetitions as the travel and you bring in that choir with that deep choir of unified voice and it's just like we're going further and further down
3: it's kind of like an invocation too or almost like spell casting Oh yeah
0: and which is probably why i like the extended ending because Mm -hmm. we go further But it's it's... all second verse same as the first wade (laughs) (laughs) exactly and we go you know there's more of a journey there and i feel like that's what really excites me is getting there Building of the anticipation, like, what's going to happen? And not in a good way, not in a bad way. I mean, we're going to learn some shit. You know it's a I mean? little we're gonna sinister. Some, right? yeah, we're going to see some dark stuff here. Mm-hmm. It's like when Tori would sing Precious Things in 1998, and she would say, those Christian boys, those beautiful boys, those Christian it. boys. I it was just like that. a buildup yep. to, so you can make me come, that doesn't make you Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that when she stopped repeating it, it just came too fast. I felt, uh, pun not intended. But you know what I'm saying, like there was something about the anticipation of it mm-hmm. that really heightened the thing. Have you ever played The Extended Way Down into Little Amsterdam? I don't think so. You should. It doesn't fit. <laughs> like the way it is on the album is perfect. 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 Just there's something sonically perfect about it, and the notes match up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that better, but
3: another instance of Tori making the right choice. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. because well, yeah. we kinda of talked about this off air too and there's an argument, or maybe someone's asked her, I don't remember where the information is that the version on Librarian was the way she had originally intended it to be. Mm-hmm. I have a very hard time accepting that. Uh, no, I, I believe think that's that. apocryphal. No, I... Really? <laughs> I
0: do. I believe that that's... I believe that that's true. I don't think that she would have added it in later. I, I, I 100% believe that. Really? No. Yeah. No, I believe that's how she intended it to be. And in the editing, David, if you are going to say The Boys for Pele is metered and... Uh, restrained and finely tuned this is one of those moments where she finally tuned it mm-hmm. where she felt like this choir is beautiful but here it gets a little too indulgent and if in the context of the album as a, as a b-side or as a you know extended version on a greatest hits compilation amazing and I love it but in terms of the album it is a little indulgent to just have that moment of just the choir singing I don't know it feels a little too much in the context of the album. So I do think that maybe that's how she originally intended as a track and then put together and circled that in red pen. And like, we got to cut that part. I really believe that to be true. David is shaking his head. Like I'm wrong challenge.
3: It's, it's very possible. I'm just taking into account all of the other choices that she made on that compilation. And I can see her. And again, in an effort to give Pele its due when she didn't really want to, at that point, when she was trying to distance herself, it's all like, "All right, I'll put a really short song on, and I'll give him a little something extra by just hitting the loop button and, and tacking no, that choir like back on the end." It doesn't again. even
0: feel like a loop to me, though.
3: But it is the same exact vocal. It's not like she had the choir sing that whole section twice. I think she did.
0: Absolutely
4: not.
3: You're wrong.
0: I'm right. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Everybody, weigh in. Team Choir Loop or Team Choir One and Done. One and done. <laughs> Whatever. I know I'm right. I don't need the hashtags to prove it. <laughs> I also feel like, with your theory in mind, doesn't it make more sense for Tori to be like theory? With your theory in <laughs> mind, doesn't it make more sense for Tori to be like, okay, I want to distance myself myself from uh, Boys for Pele, which I felt like she was probably around this time of t- Tales of a Librarian. You know, she she was a mother now, and she was you know married and happy, and like this was a really painful time in her life. So I can see wanting to distance herself from it. I will never understand the choices that she makes when it comes to compiling her work. Because this is a phenomenal album, and it's a crime not to put at least Jupiter and Sneeze on that goddamn greatest hit. Agreed. But whatever. Like, I'll never understand her choices, but I understand the reason behind the choices. So, that being said, does it make more sense in your theory for her to say, fine, we'll give them, you know, give them a nugget. Let's put the original way down on there, the way it was originally intended. Does it make more sense for her to say that than, like, let's go back in, let's do some more work on it? No, I don't think so. She sniffed it, it, put it, done. One and done.
3: I don't know, because she did more work on everything else by reconditioning.
0: Well, thank God for that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have those amazing... Cornflake so, I feel like it would have.
3: I feel like you're shooting down your own argument. It would have And seemed, I feel like you're shooting down yours. With every other song, she reconditioned them or made some sort of change or gave us an alternate mix, edit, whatever, including like the bonus strings from Baker Baker, right? That we hadn't heard before as a little intro. So, it yeah, would have been, been strange that
0: that was originally going to be. Right. Yeah. Right. But so that she just doesn't it. necessarily
3: make it true No of Way Down. He, I think it would have been strange to put way down on... Way down Check the Boys for Pele Box. Like, I'm going to throw this one right. track on here right, because right. I feel obligated to, even though right. I don't really want to. But in the context of what this project is and the work that I've done on these other songs and how they're being presented, I can't just throw the album version as is. So what can I do? What can I do to jazz it up a little bit or make it look like I touched the song the same way I touched the others? I will just... Add the gospel choir back onto the I end
0: without so. me singing and call it a day. No, I think that that's I, I disagree. I agree to disagree with you. <laughs> Here's Yanta's cover of Way down. Please support him on Patreon by going to patreon.com/ Yanta. I do not like how she just has one and a half minutes left on an album and is like, let's throw in a Boys for Pele track to make them happy. Like, we want Mr. Zebra on the live compilation. We'd rather have a Horse's 98 or a Sneeze. Not going to get it. God. I had this dream the other day. It wasn't actually a dream. It was a a nightmare. (laughs) It was a fantasy. (laughs) Shaggy and I were at the fault line. Um, or The Eagle, I don't remember which. And we were just talking about Tori's greatest live moment, if we had to pick one, and we we narrowed it down to She's Your Cocaine in whatever city it was when she goes, shame, 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 I said, boys, I, I have none. Shame, 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 shame. Take it out and fuck yourself that part it was amazing like that's my favorite live moment probably of all time and shaggy's as well i think and just like we had this vision of like what if we got that on vinyl one day like record store day a double album live release and that was there and like we were oh god these are the conversations taking place in the dark corners of a gay bar this is why we don't have boyfriends
6: Posted by Girl in the Yellow Coat in 2009 to songmeanings.com. I love this song, but I always thought it was, yes, I am the anchorman, dining here with circumstance. I think I like my lyric better. Posted by David Dalton on October 3rd, 2003 to RMTA. Basically, I did a quick search on Google.com for RMTA Afterglow to see if Sarah McLachlan's soon-to-be-released CD Afterglow had been mentioned. What I found is that the word Afterglow was once common in many contexts on RMTA and was used about 317 times before May 15, 2002, and the first mention was on January 13, 1996, shortly before I went into my wilderness years. I'll repeat the quote here. Maybe I'm the afterglow because I'm with the band you know. So I guess the official meaning of afterglow is the glow in the sky just after a sunset. But I like my meaning best. the healthy glow a woman has after an orgasm. Also, what do Torimos fans and others think of the songs you have heard so far from the upcoming Sarah McLaughlin CD afterglow? Thanks, David. David. David, David, David
3: Well there's a sexual afterglow, I guess in a Sarah McLaughlin album titled Afterglow. No, I don't think that's what she means here. No? Okay.
5: No? Okay.
1: Boys for Pele. Boys for Pele. Boys for Pele. Baby.
5: <laughs>
4: So with Way Down, it comes across as a soliloquy in a way that none of the other vignettes in this album come across. This is moving on now to Record 2. There's a big shift going on energy-wise, coming off of the pretty sad, empty personal loss of Hey Jupiter into the much more thematic and narrative storytelling that we see in Little Amsterdam. The opening of the song feels very much like a stage where she is sitting alone talking to us trying to explain something she's going through, when the chorus at the end brings the sense of more people are in this than we thought originally in movies occurring. Lines like Maybe I'm the Afterglow and Dining Here with Son of Sam paint a specifically somber but uneasy sense of energy in the song. Something else I particularly always love about this song is the sense of othering that we get out of the line he knows let's go on the way down with the chorus when she breaks alone to say that part it gives this feeling that we're really getting the inner monologue of this character rather than seeing what is actually happening and this is the little break where we finally see what that other side is doing and in that break it creates this even more extraterrestrial or rather liminal feeling of the space that this song inhabits ultimately it's one of the more Hauntingly beautiful songs, I think, on this album, and it always stands out to me as having a very particular energy that I'm both drawn to and somewhat frightened by. Hey,
0: everybody, good news. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of Tour All Year, where we interview our close personal friend Danica Lamb. She's been touring since the 90s. Oh, what good times those were. But that's next week. Until then, if you're dying for extra content, head over to our Patreon page, where right now you can hear our latest episode of Drive All Night Plus, Drive All Night After Dark. I would like you to edit out me saying getting effed, by the way.
5: That's no. Not, that's
0: not who I am. Now everybody's going to hear your vulnerabilities and you asking me to edit it out. I think out. it's a vulnerability.
3: You know I'm not editing
0: anything out. I'm telling you, when I said it last time, this is going to catch up with me at some really? point. Really? You couldn't even remember that we did the last one. This is even worse. Now we're establishing a body of Sessual work. <laughs> I'm going to be known for it. To get immediate access to this and other exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash and subscribe today. I just want to point out that off-air, I said to David, it's time for the live section. And he said, it's all happening. Happening. And that's why I adore you.
3: I don't even know what that says about me, but...
0: I'll own it. Sure. Sure. Today, we're going to combine the live section a little bit with our interview section because we have somebody very special on the phone who is entirely responsible for getting this song to be played live. We are on the line with Christ. That's right, we found her, Christina Sebez. She's a friend from way back and she was on tour this last time. We got to know her. Hi, Christina.
7: Hi, guys. Hi Christina. Hello.
0: Tell everyone where you are right now.
7: I'm at a casino. <laughs> it's, um, on my way home, it's in Bell Gardens. So shout out to the Bike Casino. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: are you? We hear you like the song, Way Down.
7: I do. I actually love the song Way Down, and it was my unicorn for a really long time.
0: Yeah, when we have a guest, we
3: typically use the term super fan, but maybe we should call you a super stalker of Way Down because it was (laughs) your white whale. (laughs) <laughs> for a long time. You wouldn't stop until you got it.
7: You know, when I started asking for it, though, I really did not know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know it would be so difficult. I thought, she's played this once before. No biggie. It's like 30 seconds long. So yep. I found out that the one time she played it, it wasn't the whole song. How you do that with a five line song, I don't right. know, but it wasn't the whole song.
0: <laughs> well, this is how she did it. Let's take a listen, you guys. This is Dayton, Ohio, August 3rd, 1996.
2: Baby, Cause I'm with a band, you know Don't you hear the laughter rolling the window Yes, I am the man Dining here with sun sun I hear too much to chat of on the way down
0: debunked, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get to the story. What was it that attracted you to Way down?
7: You know, I thought if I'm going to make a request, I'm going to request one of the little short songs that I like because she'll definitely play it. That was really my motivation in the beginning.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit uh, more about your touring history and how you started touring and how you started requesting songs.
7: So I was of course on the internet like most people and had started (laughs) Uh, reading the internet and the forums and the groups and on AOL chat on the chat boards like way back when they had those chat boards and I was young so I had to ask my parents for money to go to a concert (gasps) and I remember she was playing the Greek and I asked my dad if I could go see one of the shows and he said I'm not giving you $28.50, because that's how much the tickets were, <laughs> to see Notori Amos, who will be over in five years.
0: <laughs> oh.
7: <laughs> so I didn't see her at the Greek. I ended up seeing her at Acoustic Christmas that same year and then had to wait until 98 until I saw her perform again. Mm. And that's how it started.
3: All right. So tell us a little bit about your long and sort of history with Way Down and specifically when you decided to start requesting it.
7: Well, the first time that I requested it was in 98. And I thought I would do it simply through a letter because I had read she did meet and greets. I'd read that she read the letters and that she took requests. And I not really knowing any better. The first time I requested it was on a band tour, of course, (laughs) which I did not know decreased my chances exponentially of ever hearing it. And um, I had... I thought, okay, that makes sense. It's with a band, so I'll just... I'll just keep asking, and then I'm gonna get it, because she's played this before. And I requested it every show I went to. I'd go to seven to ten shows every tour, and had heard nothing. And when I asked her for the first time out loud, she kind of tilted her head and looked at me and said, eh. (gasps) I was like, okay. (laughs) She wasn't mean about it, just... I was like, mm, I don't think that one's coming, honey. <laughs> so I I didn't give up. I kept asking. Wait, and, wait, wait. Um,
0: wait. Yeah. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. You're going too fast.
7: <laughs> it just seems like such a long, drawn out thing that and it felt long and drawn out, actually, <laughs> asking for this song.
3: Did you make any kind of pitch for why you wanted to hear it? Or were you just like, hey girl, how about way down?
7: I was just like, hey girl, how about way down? <laughs> uh-huh, I had no uh-huh. I had no pitch. I had no magical box of items to show her like some of my creative friends. Like you didn't I had do a comic book nothing. like Val. I did I did not. I did not do anything special or spectacular. I just kept asking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely my fault. She renewed my hope when she did two things. One is that her website at some point had a survey to asking which song people wanted to hear live. And Way Down was on that list, so I thought, oh, Homegirl wants to play it. She just wants to know people want to hear it. She
0: just wants to be wanted.
7: And then she put it on the um, Tales of a Librarian, so I thought, okay, definitely. She's definitely going to play it now.
0: I remember
3: no point in time at which Tori started doing market research. <laughs>
7: <laughs> they was, I remember it distinctly because it had very strange options. It had... Way down it had Mrs. Otis Regrets. Oh my god, I remember this. Yes, and it, and Leather One, the survey. When was
0: that? Do you what remember year was that?
7: Now?
3: Was that 03? Listen, wait, Mrs. Otis Regrets? What is that?
7: Yes, it's a cover.
0: Okay, wait. So I wanna I wanna go back. So you you requested all through ninety eight, you requested all through ninety nine. Yes. And you requested through two thousand one, right?
7: And 2001's the time that I thought, okay, like Solo, this right. is my chance. This is
0: it. Okay, let me take you now. Let me insert into that story, Houston, Halloween, two thousand one, and she asks me what I want to hear, and I said, "How about way down?" She look, She tilts her head, and she goes. Huh interesting choice and she does this little thing with her finger like uh interesting choice and then she writes it down meanwhile Dor, Danica, lisa and maria are all just that song is christ's song you better hope (laughs) she doesn't play it it was a scandal (laughs) and you and i had not met yet so i'm like oh god did i offend the lord
7: that is so funny because it was just it was literally just more of the same asking asking not getting asking And then finally, finally, and I can't, one of the Connecticut shows, she puts it on the set list.
3: Oh, that temptress. Mm.
7: She put it on the set list, and I was about to use a bad word, did not play it. (laughs) (laughs) And at the next meet and greet, which was Boston, I remember this, I remember it was It was Connecticut and then Boston. At the Boston meet and greet, she looks at me and she says, Honey, did you see I put it on the set list? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking, Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know how I feel about you putting it on the set list. As if that's enough. And you know what she did? What? (laughs) She put it on the set list again. Uh.
3: (laughs) With an asterisk that said, Do not perform. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
7: it was a little frustrating because i knew she had great intentions putting it on the set list but not actually hearing it was just a little bit of a Let she was down. a tease
5: yeah
3: i gotta say so far i'm team Tory because the only argument from you've made for getting this song played is that it was short so you <laughs> thought she <laughs> might do it <laughs>
7: I, I just thought like I love I love the song too I loved the reworking I knew obviously it wasn't going to be with a chorus
5: but right, right. I just
7: thought it's not that hard like people ask you for much more difficult things mm-hmm. this is not that hard and then it became a little bit of a game for me to get her to play it I will admit so yep. then it became a mission to get her to play especially when she's, song that she's doing Flying
0: Dutchman with the backing lyrics for Shaggy and she's doing a whole band reworking of Father Lucifer for David what a slap in the face
7: <laughs> i know right at 30 seconds of her time i'm sorry i'm inconveniencing oh, right. you, ma'am <laughs> sorry
0: sorry ma- ma'am ma'am
3: um, christina why do you yes. think this song was so rare and actually like most of the interludes from boys for paley were super rare live even on the dewdrop into she just wasn't playing them even though well kind of like you pointed out they're short it's easy why would you not not play them why do you think that was
7: I think because they were improvs, oh, I, pr- I think I that said. they were all short improvs, and so she didn't really have intentions of playing them again as full songs. Agreed.
0: That's my guess. That's what I said exactly. I like the way you think, Christ. <laughs> I'm one with <laughs> we're the We're on Lord. the same
7: wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, only you
3: two had joined forces before now, who we, knows what you could have gotten? Exactly. Played. Um,
0: when the extended version came out on Tales of a Librarian, how did that make you feel? And what are your thoughts
7: on that? Oh, I loved it even more. I actually asked somebody, who was it? I think I asked Rance on one of the Facebook groups if that had been the original version Uh or if she had re-recorded and added to it. Uh And I think he said that he believes that that was the original version and she had cut it short for Mm. the album.
0: Oh, sorry, David. How
4: <laughs> apology not accepted.
3: Um, how how did you feel on the Night of Hunters tour when this song essentially became wait, a staple? Wait, wait, wait.
4: Oh my god First what was the first
0: time you heard it? That we gotta okay. go in order. When was the very so, first time you got it and how did you feel about that?
7: It's a little bit of a funny story because I couldn't so there was Santa Barbara, then Phoenix and then San Diego show. And I was in Santa Barbara and she's going around the barricades and I'm there. And I asked her, like, you've put it on the set list twice, now, Tori, like, is this song coming?" And she said, "Yes, yes, the song's coming." And I just didn't know better than to make demands. <laughs> so I said, look, i I cannot be at the Phoenix show. I know they're always amazing. Chances are Waytown's gonna come out there. Please do not do that to me. I have been waiting <laughs> for this song. Please, 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 please don't play it in Arizona. And she kind of laughed to herself, and it seemed like she thought it was kind of cute. And she's like, okay, okay, don't worry. Pats my hand and tells me it will not happen in Arizona. I promise. And so I'm like, no, but seriously, Tori, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm being real with you here. Like you don't, Please get it. don't play it in Phoenix. And she said, no, 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 it's not coming in Phoenix. Don't worry. And so we had this interaction, and she's going around, and then other people start making show specific demands Uh. please don't play this here please don't play that here and by the time she's at the end of the line she shouts out to the crowd she says is there anything i can play
0: did someone shout back leather
7: (laughs) (laughs) no no one really commented after that she said that at the very end is there anything i can play here you guys
0: (laughs) so when you hear it in san diego tell me what happens
7: I think it's a little bit rough, honestly.
0: <laughs> really?
7: When I try to describe it to people, I literally say, "Maybe I'm the afterglow," because that's what it sounded like to me.
3: <laughs> it sounds like Dory from Finding Nemo. <laughs>
7: yes, kind of. I mean, listen back. You have to include part of that track. Let's in hear it. There Let's and- hear it
0: right now. Let's listen right now. <laughs>
7: I was expecting I'll just this
0: is a story about regret
7: (laughs) (laughs) it was no I did not I did not regret it however I will say I was a little bit jelly when it became like a tour staple in uh, 2011
0: because it was special
7: because it was it up until that time she had never fully played it and it sounded on that tour exactly how I imagined it would sound
0: Yeah. oh and that 11 tour yes well, let's hear some of that. This is Tori performing Way Down for only the third time on October 4th, 2011, in Luxembourg.
2: Maybe I'm the afterglow, cause I'm with the band, you know. Don't you hear the laughter on the way yes, down? Dining here with sun of Sound. I hear too much to check up on the way.
0: she was trolling you at that
3: point
7: um yes because guess what i didn't hear it that tour
0: oh <laughs> even though she played it 26 times yes wow
7: <laughs> i man it it missed me missed <laughs> me a whole bunch
0: is there anything she can play christina yeah
7: <laughs> apparently everything when i'm not there <laughs>
0: Um, well, Christ, thank you so much for talking to us about your way down journey. Now, one last question. What is your favorite lyrical moment? And what is your favorite musical moment?
7: Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about this beforehand. This is one you're going to have to, like, edit out because I'm going to come back to you in, like, two hours. You're like,
0: I've never actually thought about what the song means. (laughs) Just that it's short.
7: (laughs) No, you know what? I actually, um, for way down, I love when the... Um, choir kicks in when she's singing Way Down. I love that part mm-hmm. and I feel like it perfectly goes into, I know this This is going to sound like a really cheesy explanation but it is very appropriate to the album that I think it perfectly goes into Little Amsterdam because yes. it gets that kind of dark sound to agreed. the album. So
3: When that choir kicks in, would you almost say that you can smell the honeysuckle?
7: (laughs) (laughs) I can smell the south and the biscuits baking and the Uh, honeysuckle. Yeah. Me too.
3: Uh. Eve is very angry at my newfound obsession with honeysuckle, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say angry.
3: He just doesn't. I didn't. He just doesn't understand the sensual experience that those of us who feel deeply can have with music.
0: We mask tops rarely do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. Uh, (laughs) Um. Christ thank you so much for taking the time out of your (laughs) playing the slots at the bicycle casino even though I know there are no slots playing the poker tables and the roulette wheel to talk to us about way down anything else you'd like to say.
7: No, just that this was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys.
0: You can follow Christina on Instagram at Shebi. That's A S K C H I B I. Follow her on Instagram. Check out her pics. She's a tour person from way back, and she's wonderful. Thanks, Christina. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about why out of nowhere, seemingly,
3: um, this song became almost a staple on the night of Hunter's tour well, after being why. played once twice three times a way down a no show <laughs> um i know
0: why i know the answer to this question me too but i want to hear oh okay speakers. i want to hear let's say no. it at the exact same time that no. makes for good podcast <laughs> listening um because she needed a song for the band to tune yeah. to, tune and she needed it to be in the, the specific key mm-hmm. and she <laughs> needed it to be short and so she typed into her database, Tori Amos songs in this key at this length. She went to the Tori Amos set List database, the Yes Said archives. Can you imagine having that database for yourself? Songs, I've written that are
3: short. In okay. C, oh, C major.
0: <laughs> oh, could you imagine her doing an all C major show? Uh, back to back. Done. <laughs> okay. Over and over. Um, that's why. So she needed to tune. She needed to be in the right key and she needed to be short. She performed it again in 2014 on the Unrepentant Heraldine's Tour. Um, and here's the time that she did it in Atlanta on the 19th of August.
2: Maybe I'll be after Is that Don't you hear the land do roll The waiter is yes, I- Dining here with Samson, I have too much to chat. Oh.
0: Not the last time. Though, right? No, she did it four times on the Native Him, mm-hmm. Him Vader tour. Him Vader, <laughs> Native Him Vader tour. Hashtag me too. Wrong hashtag, David. <laughs> Sorry. Let's play my favorite. You want to play my favorite? This show was one of my favorite shows on the whole tour. Um, this is November 11th in Durham. We met a, a wonderful fellow named Drew Culler there, and we met a lot of wonderful people. Everybody in Durham was so nice to us, and they had free coat check. That was amazing. <laughs> And she did, here's another one, just a special, 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 uh, little special thing. This is when she did Way Down with When Doves Cry and Faith. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and this was in the first show of the tour, of the US leg, like, sorry. Uh, St. Paul, October 24th, 2017, Native Hymn Vader. He's
2: lying there. to turn to fool.
0: That is our two-hour take on a one-minute yeah, song. Can you believe it? We we sat down like this is just um, casual Friday. Yeah. David wore his—he didn't even wear full socks. I'm he wore bad. half socks. It's he wore very, ballet socks. It's very. You thought I wouldn't comment on I those? I can't.
3: I'm collecting myself.
0: David wore ballet <laughs> socks to a rodeo. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just aware about how they are.
0: Should we change the title of the show? Maybe. We should, huh? For the yeah. next for the next season? Uh-huh. What's on the list? Um, well, it, we could be She's Your Cocaine, The Songs of Toriemos. Cocaine? It could be that. It could be Pandora's Aquarium, The Songs of Toriemos. Awful. It could, <laughs> it could be Miracle, The Songs of Toriemos. Disgusting. It could be <laughs> Wings, <laughs> On Aventus. the Wings of the Songs of Toriemos. On oh, the wings But my favorite, um, and the, what it's going to be, Chocolate Songs. The Chocolate Songs of Tori Amos.
3: Why is everything from 2005...
0: Because I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, because I want it to be. Martha's Foolish Ginger, The Songs of Tori Amos. (gasps) General Joy, The Songs of Tori Amos. Anyway. And now,
2: a word from our hotline.
5: Ooh.
8: Hi, Ephraim and David. It's Alexander Leger small I fucking adore you. I'm so glad that you came back with this rambling podcast. I'm only, like... Halfway through it, but I couldn't resist calling you because I just like am so so happy. Thank you, thank you for being here, and obviously, you should call the writing show Dear Mary. I mean, come on, bye. Hi, guys, it's Michael Morrison. I was re listening to the Hey Doopter episode and had two thoughts. Um, first, story seems to ascribe a special importance to the distance between earth and jupiter which obviously you discussed in the context of the episode but she also reuses this idea in ranger king to quantify the depth of love she has for her mother she's obviously referring to different kinds of love in both songs and maybe that's why she changes it to refer to the moons of jupiter in ranger king and not the planet or maybe she feels the moons represent a different type of energy a better encapsulation of her feelings who knows My other thought is much less erudite. Uh, Remember in the Pretty Good Year episode in which you discussed whether burning CDs refers to copying discs or actual fire and Tori's comments on whether she was being forward-thinking with that lyric? Well, maybe she was being similarly prescient in Hey Jupiter when she sings Found Your Writing on My Wall. Maybe she was foretelling a future in which seeing someone like an ex's comments or pictures in a social media stream like a Facebook wall might send one into an emotional tailspin. Thank you for all you do. I'm looking forward to the next episode and I will talk to you later.
0: Bye. I love... Those two boys with all my heart, Alexander Leger Small and Michael Morrison. Two good looking fellas that I met on tour, who I love and adore. Oh uh, I'm glad we did it again. Um Do you feel I rested? I do feel rested. I'm very excited to be back on the on the great big car. <laughs> Me too. Be riding the great big car again. On the BFP Um, train? Yeah, I'm very happy about it. I'm happy to have you here. I'm happy to be recommitted. You're positively glowing, and it's not just because it's so hot, which it is. Maybe I'm the afterglow. I did have a lot of sex last night, so maybe I am the afterglow. I heard. Did you hear? Oh, what's that? You're not a Patreon supporter? How embarrassing. (laughs) You'll have to listen to Drive All Night After Dark. After Dark. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you so much. And if you're not, you can head over to patreoncom toriamus where you can subscribe. There's many different perks at many different levels. Um, we have a lot to offer, and we love you guys. And thank you for your support. Um, you can find us online at Songs of toriamus on Twitter and Instagram, and you can go to our website Songs of For any information regarding previous episodes and our playlists, including this wonderful remix that's playing right now. You can email us if you'd like to contact us for any reason at songsoftoriamus at gmail.com. And if you want to leave a voicemail for us to play on a future episode, you can do so by calling 323-296-9955. That is a U.S. number. That is our hotline. Whatever you want to talk about, Toriamus related, and we'll probably play it on the show um. Anything else you want to say, David? I
3: am very happy that we're back. I'm very happy. Um. Though. And I'm very much looking forward to. I'm very about much the rest looking forward album. to talking about the rest of the. You album. don't have to try to one up me. You don't have to try to one up me. And <laughs> you think you're happy? I've never been so fucking happy.
0: <laughs> David, you look good. David's I feel good. You look good. You <laughs> look like you feel good. <laughs> I feel good. Let me feel you. No, don't feel me. No. Okay. Well, this has been lovely really has miss you guys okay bye <laughs> bye